Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Hello, our chaotics. This is Johnny. And this is Jess. How's everyone doing? Johnny, how are you doing? How's your week? I'm doing good. I just, this week has actually been quite boring because it's just been work, 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 work. I got Dylan O'Brien's new movie on DVD today, our Blu-ray. The Love and Monsters? Yes. When, you know, I meant to ask you this earlier, when are his other movies coming out? Wasn't there the Doctor one that was supposed to come out this year, like 2021? Uh, The Education of Frederick Fitzel? Mm-hmm does not have a release date yet oh bummer okay it came out at a film festival in spain but it doesn't really have a release date in the united states yet is it a spanish film no oh, okay they just aired it there first yeah okay so uh, i'm really looking forward to that it looks creepy but really good it sounds good I, you know sometimes you need a little creepy movie in your life I for, I just I haven't had anything spectacular happen this week. Yeah. Um, this is my first week back to work. Um, I got two weeks off between Christmas and New Year's, which was glorious. But, uh, you know, now it's a lot of catch-up from two weeks. A lot of catch-up. <laughs> I, I lied. I lied. We watched Deadpool. Uh, we had a de- the first one we had a deadpool marathon and we heard like on deadpool they have a drink called a blowjob yeah so we decided to see if we had the ingredients for it and we did so we drank blowjobs while watching deadpool that's awesome what are the ingredients in a blowjob huh what are the ingredients of a blowjob uh, Kahlua, Irish whiskey, and Cool Whip. Mm, that sounds delicious. And very, very alcoholic. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you're only supposed to make shots. Like, it's supposed to be, like, one shot. Yeah. And we didn't realize that. So we, we made it in a whiskey glass and had, like, three shots at once. Well, you, you weren't, like, shooting it right you were like sipping on it mm-hmm. yeah it's all the same that sounds delicious that was that was our christmas <laughs> that sounds like a happy christmas very happy christmas blowjobs um, for everyone <laughs> yeah our new year's was watching dogma and talked about how we miss alan rickman oh may he rest in peace yeah i um yeah, I had a Harry Potter marathon, and I just, is it weird that I think Snape is hot? Uh, I had a, conver- a full-on conversation with my mom the other day that he may have been 80, like 80 years old, but he wasn't. He was like, he was like in his mid-60s, I believe. He was 70? I think he was early 70s. Yeah. When he did Harry Potter? Yeah, he, when he died, he was like in his early 70s. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, he may have been like in his seventies, but I totally would have fucked him. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, have you seen the movie Perfume? The story. I have not. I have it. I have it, and I've never watched it. It's a wild ride, but Alan Rickman. He's Alan Rickman. I mean, he's just. Isn't it about like somebody poisoning somebody? He's like a cannibal, kind of. Like, he wants the essence of humans. Okay, now I have to watch it, because I own it. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a long movie, too. I think it's like a two-hour movie. Two hour and 27 minutes. Okay, yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I watched the Half-Blood Prince with my brother last night. Yeah, so it's a, but it's it's dark. (laughs) (laughs) 
good, but it's good in a way because it's just like a wild ride. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So, Alan Rickman is just, may he rest in peace. Yeah. The world lost a good one when they lost him, but. Speaking of resting in peace, you ever watched that 70s show? Yeah. The, the Donna's mom from that 70s show passed away Monday. Oh. I was like, Midge passed away? That's sad. I just saw a news article about it. Yeah. Well, do you want to give us a recap of last week? Yeah. Could you remind me, what chapter are we on? Are, did we end six or did we start six last week? Where are we? Where are we? Give me a sec. I know we did a part one of something. So it has to be part one of chapter six in the moonlight. It's okay. It's chapter one, part one, chapter six, part one in the moonlight. Okay. So in chapter six, part one, uh, our styles and Derek are driving to, is it a camp or neighborhood where they think Cora is? It's a mine. A mine. But did we know it was a mine or did they reveal it was a mine in that, cha- in that part of the chapter? It re- they revealed that it was a mine in the chapter. Okay, so I do have written down in my notes that Styles falls down a hill, like going towards the mine. Yeah. A, a downslope and Derek supermans him and saves him. Yeah, we spent like a good amount of time talking about uh, padding on Derek's butt. <laughs> Padded booty butts. <laughs> Um, Okay, and then also Derek and Styles had a heart-to-heart about family. Styles was like reminiscing about his dad, a little bit about his mom, but then we got a little bit of background on Derek's family. Um, And then they also talk about connections, air quotes. (laughs) Styles has no filter. None. No filter, but we also get that like connection between what's his name, Gerard, and Derek, and how Derek kind of like recognized him and had to go. He still had to do the um, when they uh, bumped into them in the middle of the road. He still had to act the way he acted. Yeah, it's like. Um, and then I also have important was Giles is sensing danger. And Derek's trying to get him to, like, hone in on his senses. So kind of like training, but not training, because he doesn't know how to train it. But, like, trying to get him to completely understand his style senses. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, which way is the danger coming from? Mm -hmm. That way, we're going to follow the danger instead of running from it this time. Um, and then we leave our handsome friends with um, some cuddling, but Derek's in wolf form to keep Styles warm. Yeah. His almost fall. Yeah, they decide, he decides he's going to go into wolf form and cuddle around Styles so Styles can stay warm. And, and that is where we ended. Yeah. So Styles didn't get hurt, right? It was just because it was cold. And they uh, needed to rest. Yeah. Before continuing. That is where we're at. Cool. Let's get into part two. This is episode one fourteen in the in the moonlight part two. His eyes flew open, and he jerked a little, the way he always did when he drifted for a few moments, startled into awareness. With the certainty, cert, that, 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 that. with the certainty that he had no idea where he was, he found himself on his side, one hand resting near his face, his slightly curled fingers partially blocking the view of where Derek lay right beside him. 
His snout was only a hair, hair's breadth from Styles' hand, his eyes piercing alpha red against the gray woods and his black fur. Beautiful, Styles thought, the whole world still fuzzy and ethereal from his sleep. Blinking slowly, blearily, Styles flexed his fingers, tracing Derek's cold nose and the dark muzzle around it. He prodded his forefinger along Derek's, Derek's jowls, smir smirking at the snort he received when he prodded at his teeth. He smoothed his fingers up across Derek's brow and toward the furry ears that pricked a little in anticipation of his touch. Still, before his eyes, even as he reached for them, the dark shape of the wolf morphed into Derek's, resting beside him, brows furrowed in something like confusion as his hand shot up, catching Styles' wrist. Hey, come on, you gotta let me tweak one. Styles chuckled, his mirth dispersed into the silence of the proximity of Derek's so very human face. He swallowed, searching that intense stare, still as piercing red as before, as if Derek were using his wolf vision to see deep into Styles' soul. He had Styles' hand captive between their faces, his breath drifting over his slightly parted lips to kiss Styles' fingers. Wait, is he kissing his fingers? He's kissing his fingers. <laughs> which Styles' fingers automatically followed, brushing against the unexpectedly soft skin, making Derek start a little in surprise at the touch, but he didn't draw back. Slowly, slowly, the grip on Styles' wrist loosened. Derek's fingers slid up the back of his hand, hesitating just for a breath, before curling around Styles' own. So close, they were so close with their fingers entwined and Derek's red eyes flickered to shining hazel green. It was the same color that clung desperately to the leaves as autumn descended only more. Derek, Stiles murmured hoarsely, his eyes on Derek's lips again, the touch of their fingers tentatively and innocent, but more, so much more. His heart was pounding in his chest like a stampede of horses, his own breathing almost ragged, ragged. It was too much almost to be this close, to be touching, however chastely after the vast chasm of loneliness. It wasn't anything like the way that he'd imagined being wrapped in his dad's arms again, squeezing him so tight he thought he'd break both of them. It was radically different. His head was spinning. He felt lightheaded and dizzy, even though he was lying down, and he felt hot all over. Not like a blush, not from arousal, just from the simple touch of his fingers. So much, everything, and yet nothing. And he was almost hyperventilating from the force. Derek, he muttered again, almost panicked this time feeling as if he were being cast out into temptuous tides in a little a, a lift raft with not even an oar to give him a glimmer of hope. Derek's fingers gripped his a little tighter, and only then did Derek realize he was shaking. He wanted to lean forward to chase Derek's breath with his mouth, and he didn't know why or what would happen if he did if he was reading this all wrong because it'd been so long. And even before, when he'd been among others, it never felt like this. He was sure he would have remembered this. Hey, I'm here, Derek said gently, so gentle, everything about him so soft, in spite of the facade he tried to maintain. It was like Derek was whispering, you're not alone anymore without ever saying those words themselves. Stiles drew in a sharp breath that was almost a dry sob, and he squeezed his eyes shut just as Derek's face crept closer. There was a cold, almost damp press against his nose, 
And then Styles cracked his eyes open again. Derek's eyes were start staring back at him longingly from the wolf's face. Derek whined softly, a sound of comfort, Styles thought. With wait, a sigh wait, of wait, wait. Is he dreaming? That was a dream, right? Because he was human and now he's a wolf. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. So is he switching? Because Yeah, he switched back to human and then when they started to get close, he switched back to wolf. Huh, okay. With a sigh of ex exasperation, Styles offered, God, we're a pair, huh? There was a tad of self-deprecation in there, but Derek only huffed and answered. Groaning, Styles rolled reluctantly back into an upright position. Leaning back against the tree, he tipped his head skyward. His heart was still fluctuating erratically, and that weird, too hot disorientation was still consuming him like a sudden rush of adrenaline or something. Derek waited, studying him, looming over him. Styles supposed which should have been unnerving, giving his hulking supernatural shape. But Styles wasn't afraid, or perhaps he was, but not of the wolf. After a while, Derek inclined his head to snatch up his clothes and his teeth and slipped behind the nearby bushes to save Styles, Styles' sensibility more than his own, Styles thought, climbing reluctantly to his feet, his body aching more than it had before his catnap, but devoid of the exhausted haze at least. He could carry on until they were out of the woods. He slid his hand into his pocket. Eh, no, 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 no. He slid his hands into the pockets of his hoodie. Fingers, fingers latching onto the red string he stowed inside and fiddling awkwardly as Derek stepped back into the sight, buckling his belt. The path down into the valley was hard going. It was steep and further down they went. The more the old trees seemed to stretch up and up, towering over them like very great ominous canopies, shedding their dead leaves almost like a warning. Styles shuddered, pulling his hood up around his head and neck to try to stave off the chill. He caught Derek side-eyeing him as they moved and glared. Dude, if you offer me your jacket, I will hurt you, he promised darkly, because werewolf or not, Derek had to feel a chill without the fur coat of the wolf around his skin. Between them, species was irrelevant in terms of comfort and survival. They were equal here, equals here. He didn't want Derek to forget that. He thought he'd glimpse enough of the way Derek worked since they'd met to recognize someone who went without simple comforts far too often to help others or to get a job done quicker, perhaps both. That was the thing about the end of the world. It rendered everyone equal, no more or less deserving than the other. He wanted Derek to see that. In his mind, he, he no doubt knew that logically werewolves weren't less, didn't deserve less. But to have been treated as less, as worse than that, as a plague upon humanity, having seen other wolves play up to that. It must have wounded, wounded Derek, even if he was too proud to ever say as much. Styles' back and legs were on fire by the time they reached the more level terrain of the valley below. His entire body throbbed from the steep climb down, and his breath was uneven. In the distance, he could see the dark entrance of the cavern, the wooden boards that had been crudely used to block off the mines hanging limply from the frame, rotting away by time. As Stiles stared at the remains from a distance, the large splintered edges looked like wasted fingers clinging to the framework. It was as if the demons within were trying to claw their way out. Did you ever watch, we, I think we talked about this, did you watch like the first seasons of The Walking Dead? No. Oh, they have you seen the meme where it's like the hospital doors and it says it's supposed to say do not enter dead inside, but really it reads like 
don't dead enter inside or something. It's just, I'm picturing funny words written on the cavern <laughs> door. <laughs> Every hair on Styles' body prickled and his spine tingled om ominously. <laughs> ominously. He felt more than, Der than saw Derek's head twist in his direction, slow as if he were unwilling to make any sudden movements. Any alteration to the padam of padam padam. What the hell is padam? I don't know. <laughs> Any alteration to the pattern of their constant step forward. You, you said something. It wasn't a question, and Derek's voice was heavy with foreboding. I can say foreboding, but I can't say pattern or ominous. <laughs> like he knew that the words were the same. It was different this time. Derek's mouth was dry, too dry for words. All he could do was nod in answer. It felt wrong. The very air he breathed felt wrong, and yet it had, it had nothing to do with the mind. Menacing though it was, it was all around them, like the trees themselves were spies for the darkness. You feel it too, Styles all but whispered. Derek gave a barely there nod. <laughs> Styles felt his insides quiver, then clench as if gripped by a giant fist. His lips parted to ask Derek if he knew what it was, if he recognized it in any way other than the general feeling of run. Styles swallowed, run, run, run. Before he could even form words, movement bolted through the tree line. Styles and Derek both jumped, rolling back to back on instinct. Eyes searching the trees, movement again, blurs, too fast for Styles to see. Derek, his voice shook, his and rose on the second syllable simon, simultaneously. Behind him, Derek stiffened, and when Styles twisted his head for just a moment to glimpse at his expression, he saw shock. Derek. He, Derek looked blindsided, but even as his lips worked to answer, the sharp sound of an arrow cut through the air milliseconds before it struck the ground just in front of their feet. They leapt apart. Another arrow whistled narrowly, missing Styles' shoulder. He scrambled, running, even as his mind screamed. It didn't fit. It didn't make sense. Hunters were shooting at them. But it didn't feel like hunters all around them, bolting through the trees beyond the range of sight. It wasn't them that made him feel the sense of dread. Yet, they were here. They were here, but they weren't the only things out there. It was like a flash across his mind, a feeling, an instinct so clear it was almost like an image, sharp, pain in the shape of fangs of biting, a flash of haunting light in the darkness. Derek's hand seized his arm, jerking him sideways just as another arrow slammed into the ground. This one burst on impact, sending earth and leaves spraying across the, the clearing, pelting into Styles' back as he lurched after Derek's momentum making a beeline for the trees in the opposite direction of the arrows. Another struck, an explosion that tore into the earth, sent it raining on them in a black, in a thick black downpour. Derek, he cried out, voice ragged as he ran, because it wasn't right. There was something else. There was something else beside the hunters, and he couldn't say it. He had to tell him. He had to. An arrow rented the air with only a sharp whistle of warning, striking the tree nearest them like a thunderclap. Styles and Derek skidded to a halt, leaves flying upward under their feet as they scrambled for purchase, staring up as above them the, a tree groaned. Its bow cracked, splintering outward on impact from another arrow launching toward them. 
Styles' breath caught, and he staggered backwards, still staring upward for a millisecond, unable to tear his gaze away, even as they fled. The tree descended. It took forever to fall, and yet offered nowhere near enough time to run. Styles' legs felt like they were scrambling beneath him, without getting him any further as it fell and fell. It tore downwards like a hammer on a ground spike, driving them toward the cover of the mine. Another arrow struck, bursting just to the other side of the entrance. Whether trying to drive them away or drive them in, there was no time to wonder. Styles darted inside, even as his entire body screamed in negation at the move. Derek threw himself inside after him threw himself into style, sending them both flying into the dark, just as the tree thundered down on the entrance, sending the withered wood supports and tumbling down around them. How do you feel? It's intense. But now I'm also, like, anxious that they're stuck in this mine with, like, almost no seemingly, like, no way out. Which kind of scary. Scrambling out of the way, Styles' fingers dug into the cold, hard walls of the mine. The ground rumbled outside overhead. The aftershocks of the tree caving in the entrance slowly, slowly dwindling, fading into nothing more than echoes. The more they faded, the more aware Styles became of his own heartbeat. His own, his own ragged breath in the claustrophobic darkness in the tomb they were trapped in. Styles. Derek's voice was hoarse from his rapid breaths, and Styles felt him move somewhere close by, but his panic had already reared its ugly head. He swore he could feel how still the air was with each sharp inhalation. He shook his head as if that would shake the sensation loose. His fingers curled uselessly against the walls. He squinted his eyes shut because staring around at the blackness only made it worse. He was sweating, shake, shaking, choking on every nauseating breath. Can't get it out, he grasped. Styles, we're, we're trapped. He, um, what, it was almost a gas as, he le- as it left him the sound squeezing out of him through his constricted throat and lungs. Derek seized his shoulder, yanking him around so he flailed in the darkness. He felt Derek's breath on his face, but even the exact confirmation of his presence was kept from him by darkness. He swore he could already feel his eyes straining to find shapes in the darkness, only If he did, he wasn't sure he'd like what he saw. The air felt thinner. He swore it. His heart pounded as if he were still running outside. It was stale, cold. He stared straight ahead at where Derek's face was, and he wondered if he could see anything of him. Can you see in the dark? Better than you can, Derek murmured, squeezing Stiles' shoulder firmly before easing his grip a little. Smoothing his fingers down Styles' arm. I can see enough. His voice held some urgency, some shakiness, but it was soft and soothing even still. When Styles started to glance around, breathing still hard, Derek's hand caught his face between them. He was close. Styles didn't have to see to know it. He could feel it even with every fiber of his being. Hey, Derek said almost gently, there are other ways out of here. You're the one with the map, remember? Like the internal map, his spidey senses. Not like they could see it now, though. Styles tried to shake his head, but Derek was still holding him, still practically, practically breathing his air in the dark. They could have caved in even if we find them. At least one is open. I can smell the air, Derek said, with a consoling, urging voice that seemed to both attempt to calm him and get him moving. 
Just as Derek's, just as Styles' lips parted to argue, Derek cut him off. A normal wolf wouldn't be able to see in pitch black. They need at least a little light, even if it's not enough for humans to see by. There was a conspiratorial ed edge in the tone now, and he leant back a little, but still kept a hold of Styles' face. But a werewolf can. At that moment, Derek's eyes glowed faintly, a mix of alpha red with the way a normal wolf's eyes might be in the dark. But there wasn't any light to reflect, not even a little. That thought process, the way his not naturally inquisitive brain frantically grasped for, for, for every reason or logical purpose made his heart beat slow, at least, distracted him. Styles licked his lips, mind focusing on that lack of sense in what Derek had said, rather than the difference in the air, the way his pulse thundered in his neck. How he managed, head pounding. He could hear muffled sounds from outside, but that wasn't where the danger was emanating from. It's not just light. Our senses are more than a human's. They can converge. It's not just light. Our senses are more than a human's. They, they converge. Come, to build, come together to build an awareness of our surroundings. The more Derek spoke, the easier it was to hear him over the pounding in Styles' ear, as if his voice, softer than his exterior suggested, were anchoring him to his skin, or deeper perhaps. It was holding him to a place beyond fear, a place where thinking was possible again, even if everything wasn't magically okay. It's not like a crisp image like you see in daylight. It's like a spatial awareness, like walking through your own house in the dark and just knowing where everything is. Styles' brow, brow furrowed, but you've never been here before. That's not what I... Derek audibly gritted his teeth. It's hard to explain some things, but trust me, okay? I can get us to the exit. Even as he spoke, he urged Styles to his feet. Styles accepted the assistance, still staring into nothingness, trying to see if he could make out anything of Derek in the blackness. How could he make him understand? Derek, there's... He swallowed as his fingers curled tightly into the fabric of Derek's shirt. I saw something, felt something out there, and it wasn't the hunters. And somehow he knew, he just knew, there's something in here with us. I thought I saw something in the trees. Derek murmured, almost whispered in a voice that sounded rigid with forced calmness. We were downwind, but I thought I saw. His voice was so quiet toward the end. that It was almost as if he, the abyss had whisked his words away. He wasn't sure what he wanted Derek to confirm what he'd seen. But if it was what Styles had thought, he wasn't sure what that meant, that they were alone here in the void. Oh, I'm going to apologize because I feel like you've answered this the last, like, five episodes. I know he didn't have the alpha connection with Korra, but can he sense other wolves nearby? Like, you know how dogs can kind of sense other dogs nearby? That's a different question, and yes. Yeah, I haven't asked this before. Yeah, that's a different question than what you've asked the five episodes. Oh, okay, okay, good, good. So, and yes, he can sense other wolves in the area. Even in the show, they could sense when the, there was other wolves in the area. Okay. Yeah. Disquiet crept up the back of Styles' neck. He felt like a child trapped by fear in the darkness of his own room, waiting for his parents to come in and turn on the light. There were all manner of things that could be lurking in the dark, and he'd seen enough of the world since it ended 
for his imagination to be a dangerous thing. He tightened his grip on Derek's shirt. Derek's hands slid up to cover his. He could almost picture what Derek's expression looked like. You know that thing you do where you talk a mile a minute and cover every topic of conversation known to man? Derek asked quietly, quietly, a twist of wry, amused fondness in the air. I need you not to do that just until I get us out of here. He gave Styles' hand a final squeeze. Hold on to me. Oh, I'll hold on to him. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, dirty, dirty Justina. (laughs) With that, Derek released him just for a moment. But even that brief time alone with nothing to ground him to the abyss made him feel like he was spinning in space. The sound of twisting, cracking bone was unnerving. Even though he knew what was happening, what Derek looked like when he shifted, he was almost lightheaded with the way he was breathing, realizing that perhaps the reason Derek didn't address his belief of what danger lingered here in the darkness with them even after he'd waxed lyrical about Styles' trusting his instincts, his spark, was because he knew. He knew, and they had to get moving. He couldn't afford to let pan- panic cons- consume them. Styles f- felt the shape of Derek standing over him, the heat of him in his wolf shape, noticeably, familiarly different, hotter. He reached up without thinking without needing to consider his options and let his fur, his fingers curl in the fur of Derek's neck. Forcing out a long, steady breath, he tried to school those that followed into something calmer, more controlled. He remembered all the times his dad had squeezed his hand when he felt like he might lose, lose it in the past, had talked him down from ensuing panic and held him when his nightmares had felt too real. The feeling that spread through his fingers on touching Derek's warmth was similar. His brain reeled, trying to remember what it was called. A rush of oxytoxin or lack of neuropyrethin. Sorry, I don't know how to say I don't know those words. (laughs) He'd written an essay on it once instead of the actual assigned biology homework. His dad had been reluctantly impressed, too. His teacher less so. He just knew he felt calmer, stronger, knew it felt possible to escape this dark place they'd been trapped in. He could, fi- he could find his resolve. He could panic when this was all over, when they were out of here, when he could see the sun above him and feel the air against his face. But not now. Now he had to get moving. He swallowed reflexively as if as he tried to focus his racing mind long enough to form words, even though he thought letting his mind wander may be a kindness to his sanity in the moment. You know me well enough now, by now to know I'm clumsy enough when I can see where I'm going, right? He asked, his voice a little hoarse. There was a soft, agreeable huff. Derek nudged his shoulder with his flank, forcing him to sidestep as he kept upright, kept a grip on Derek's fur. It put him in place so he was, he could easily touch the wall, sandwiched between it and Derek's body, like Derek was a shield. It'd be slow going, he thought, but it could work. He only hoped, however, or whatever had last walked the path, hadn't left any hazards to trip over, old tools, debris, carts human remains oh you know just some human remains <laughs> yeah you ever watch the goonies yeah they just walking down the path and coming across chester copper pot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah only human remains only human remains shaking his head a little as if that could clear it as if that would let him see a path ahead in the emptiness. He squeezed his fingers tighter into Derek's scruff. He wasn't alone. Their every step sounded too loud. 
His eyes had quickly begun to ache from strain, so he kept them closed, balancing carefully between Derek and the wall. Whenever they approached a turn, Derek would squeeze him gently into the wall. But the sensation of reaching for the wall and finding nothing whenever they turned a corner still gave him a jerk of panic every time. What was it, that feeling, the comfort he got from being pressed between Derek's hot heat and the cold wall? He felt safer there, pinned in by him, than he did spinning out in the open. There was a promise in the feel of Derek's muscles and fur under his hands, in the weight of him whenever he leaned a little into Styles's. into Styles, He wasn't alone. Of course his mind did wander, did reach for possibilities. He'd rather not consider, imagine he could not without. He wondered amongst it all if he'd not been starved for simple human contact all these years. If this connection would have been potent enough, would have given him enough strength to keep his head even when his insides were screaming. In, hi in hindsight, you know, we can now say uh, hi uh, hindsight is 2020. <laughs> in hindsight, he supposed it didn't matter. He was here. Derek was here. And it felt good to touch him, to be touched back. It made him feel stronger. The rest didn't matter. And what if he was attracted to Derek? Was that really the name for the heat in his chest, the sense of safety and trust and strength he got from him? Even though it felt too profound for such an inadequate word. If that was what this was, he had to come, he had to, come to the end of the world to find it, hadn't he? His stomach lurched suddenly, his every muscle tensing at the jolt of unease that ripped through him like static. The air, he swore, had grown a little lighter, though he wasn't sure if that was his imagination or not. His eyes flew open, and he had to blink twice to ensure his mind wasn't playing tricks on him. There was definitely a slither of light ahead, soft and subtle. Moonlight, it had to be. Just a little but dazzling in the dark. So why did he, f did he not feel relieved? Why did he feel such a suffocating, crushing sense of doom? The grip he held on Derek dragged him forward as Derek lurched into faster steps. Stiles stumbled, torn between wanting to dig his heels and wanting to keep hold of his lifeline in the dark. He wanted to whisper, he wanted to please with Derek to wait, to stop, but his throat was constricted, his lips sealed tight with dread. He couldn't speak, felt like something out of a nightmare had struck him dumb and could only follow in Derek's wake, squeezing his grip urgently, willing him to realize. How you feeling? I'm not feeling. I want you to keep going. <laughs> Derek jerked to a halt just at the place where the tunnel opened out, and Styles knew he because it was because he could see it. Just make it out in the streaks of dappled moonlight that filtered down through the cracks that had opened long ago into the narrow but deep chasm in the ceiling. The moonlight looked pure white in the darkness, glancing off the maze of tunnels that opened up around them. It felt like stepping into a dream, a nightmare Styles had had before. It was chilling, standing at the crossroads of the mind's passages, with only darkness ahead, which, whichever way they turned. Four directions, four crudely constructed archways, and a foreboding radiating from every one of them. So they didn't really find an exit, right? They found like a fork in the road. Yeah, they so found one of these pathways we're assuming probably leads to an entrance. Yeah, they, they found a crossroads in the tunnels. Okay. Yeah. Styles gripped Derek's fur tighter to the point he, where he was sure he must be hurting him. 
but he couldn't bring himself to loosen his hold. His spark, the feeling that had kept him alive all this time, it was practically vibrating, not with heat, but with bone-deep cold. The slice of moonlight splashed across the walls were like great claws, plunging down from the ceiling and reaching for them, waiting to snatch them up. Styles shuddered, but just as his lips parted to tell Derek as much, Derek's entire body tensed and bowed, lowing like a beast, ready to spring. A low snarl curled over his teeth, exposing some invisible threat could feel but not see. Derek, Styles whispered, loathing the way his voice caught and shook. Derek edged backwards, head jerking to study each of the branches of off the crossroads, urging Styles flat against his wall as he moved. Derek, Styles demanded again, hushing but uh, hushed but urgent now, heart in his throat because whatever it was, it was here. A flash of light ripped through the darkness. Chris, piercing gold eyes that flared in the light before shimmering like cat eyes in the night. Supernatural morphed into something of this earth, and yet it was still all the more haunting for it. They moved closer, closer, with all the stealth of a predator. Then the predator lunged. Derek roared, surging up to meet with the beast that leapt from the shadows in a clash of snarling fangs. A frenzied yelp tore through the air. Styles slammed back against the wall of the cave, squinting in the light that was dazzling after nothingness, and yet still not enough to see clearly by. Derek was bigger, darker than the creature, whose gray fur caught the light as Derek threw it off him. Derek sidestepped, pacing in front of Styles, ears and head lowered, spine rigid, body language with screaming warning. He kept himself between the beast and Styles instead of pouncing, instead of going for the kill. And that's when Styles saw the yellow eyes glow in the assailant's eyes again and knew. He hadn't come across many wolves that hadn't had the blue eyes of a murderer, but he still knew that those gold eyes meant com combined with the canine shape, werewolf. A werewolf. Werewolf. A haunting, high whine of a howl echoed through the chamber, the only warning before another wolf slammed into Derek, sending him skidding sideways. Both enemies dove for him, aiming for his throat, the smaller swinging off the scruff of Derek's neck as he reared back to throw it off. Another howl came down one of the tunnels, and Styles's gaze flew in that direction only to sweep to the other side as another answered from the opposite side. They were surrounded. The sound of howling, calling pack, rang through the whales, walls and seemed to shake the cavern with their intensity, making Styles feel like an idiophone still trembling with the aftermath. The only thing holding Styles up was the wall at his back, and he could scarcely draw breath as he tried to focus, to comprehend the mess of limbs and fangs and claws darting in and out of the streaks of moonlight descending from above. That's when he realized, reconciled the wildness of the wolves to the moon. The wolves were rabid, mad with moonlust without an alpha. By the look of them, Derek had told him tales in the nights they shared of omegas that couldn't control themselves after rebelling against the Alpha that had turned them against the Will and the riots. They were Omegas, lost in the moon. There were three of them now, another having leapt from the tunnel. They bore down on him, tackling him at once from all sides and bearing him under their onslaught with sharp howls, their pain whenever he tore at a piece of them. Styles didn't think. He scrambled for the crossbow, hooked over his back. Oh, he brings his crossbow for once. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he learned his lesson. I forgot that they had anything with them. I thought they had left everything in the car. Yeah, apparently he had his crossbow. He has his crossbow. He didn't think. He scrambled for the crossbow, hooked over his back, and knocked a bolt into place. 
he fired. Watched, he fired, watched as the darker gray wolf, the last who, to have left in the, to the fray, reared back with a screeching howl of pain, the bolt buried in its shoulder. Styles fired another, piercing the second wolf's hind leg, making it real enough for Derek to sweep it off him, sending it flying into the darkness with a thump. The first wolf descended once more, feral fangs bearing into Derek's furry shoulder, and Derek howled. Styles' heart was pounding by his hands. Styles' is so funny. I don't know if you can hear it from where you are, but when you said... Derek's furry shoulder and Derek howled. Did you hear the cat meow? Yeah, I did. Perfect timing. Derek's heart was pounding, but his hands had never been so steady. His mind never so focused. He reached for the third bolt, but as he did so, the third wolf, the one he struck first, hurtled toward him. The great hulking shape morphed before his eyes, crunching and twisting sickeningly. Even as it moved, it morphed into the shape of a woman, all wild matted hair and dark and eyes burning gold in the dark. Brow twisted in a semi-change and fangs dripping with Derek's blood as she descended. She grasped the bolt protruding from her shoulder and yanked it free. Ow! Tossing it into the dark before raising her free hand, claws dark with Derek's blood, poised to strike. Another howl. No, a roar of outrage. A dark shape plunged at the woman like a freight train. She skidded across the ground just into a pool of moonlight, and Stiles scrambled sideways, aiming the bow at the beast now towering over him that wasn't Derek. But the wolf, but the beast, the wolf, wasn't looking at him. It had its back to him, tail pricked, offering its warning growl to the woman who paused at the sound, at the sight of the interloper, as if she, as if she recognized it. Hard hammering, Styles kept his crossbow train exactly between them, unsure which one might move first. Then there was another... Huh? Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were trying. I thought you were at the end of it. No. What is an interloper? Interloper is someone who kind of just shows up, isn't really welcome. Okay. Kind of just crashes. Like huh? Like an intruder. Yeah, like an intruder. So Styles and Derek are the intruders, the interlopers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's kind of like interlopers, kind of like intruder would be like a home, someone entering your home. Mm -hmm. Interloper, interloper is someone who enters into your society, like into your culture. Okay, so like Styles is the yeah in a pack of den, a uh, pack of wolves. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hard hammering. Styles knew his crossbow trained exactly. No. Heart hammering, Styles kept his crossbow trained exactly between them, unsure which one might move first. Then there was a sharp, another shriek of a yelp, deafening in the cavern. A body collided hard with the ground, and Styles jerked, ready to lunge across both Omegas to get to Derek. But even as the wolf on the ground shuddered and shook with bloody spasm, trying to change back, even as Styles heard the second wolf who had been tossed aside by Derek shifting closer, Styles saw Derek rise up on his human legs just at the edge of the moonlight's reach. It was as if time stopped when Styles caught a glimpse of, glimpse of him, bloody but whole, moonlight glancing off his skin that was clothed only in already healing wounds and dirt. dirt. His eyes pierced the cavern, alpha red, his face twisted halfway between man and wolf, but he was okay. Styles was so stunned by his relief, by that realization that it took him a moment to register Derek's movement. Derek's eyes scanned his body across the cavern, confirming his health from a distance before drifting over the enemies around them. His, eye, he, his gaze seemed to get stuck on the dark furred beast still between them when he froze, went rigid as if he'd been electrocuted.
the red glow of his eyes shimmered into his less visible green as they widened. Slowly, Derek stepped toward, stepped forward, legs visibly shaking with the expression of a man whose heart had just been torn out. His face shifted back to the softer image Styles was more used to as he staggered closer. Styles' chest tightened, watching the wolf and the woman on the floor, fingers tightening on the trigger of the crossbow, waiting to put the bolt between the eyes of whichever one lunged for Derek first. But Derek looked more haunted than, more heartbroken, stared at the wolf than he ever had ta talking about anything supernatural to do with the loss of his family. His family. Styles lowered the crossbow with wide, disbelieving eyes as he realized, just as the wolf morphed into a more human shape, the woman was slight, small, but in a way that spoke of lean muscle, her dark hair falling in a disarray around her bare shoulders as she regarded at Derek with the same broken, disbelieving look. Stiles stared. She studied every inch of him like she was seeing a ghost. When Derek spoke, it was a whisper, soft but still deafening. In the silence, ricocheting off the walls and reaching through the ceiling into the heavens. Cora. His voice almost broke on the word. So, who did we just find? Cora. Cora. <laughs> but she's with how many there, uh, including her, there was four wolves? Yeah, she's one of four. Three others. So, there's, there's three other wolves. They lunge for each other collided with all the force of a landslide walking together in a desperate tight embrace Derek's fingers sank into his sister's hair and clutched her head close tucking it into his neck like she was the most precious thing on earth like he couldn't let her go painted by moonlight in the middle of a battlefield they sank together on the ground, a dry sob retching from Derek's throat to mingle with his sister's heaving breath. Styles felt his own eyes sting and cuffed the brewing wetness from them, feeling like an intruder on the moment. His hands shook as the crossbow on the crossbow, and he swallowed hard around the lump in his throat. Derek, Cora gasped into his neck, crying softly crying voice muffled in his skin. Derek, I, I never thought I'd... I thought... Well, let me try that again, okay? <laughs> okay. Derek! Cork gasped into his neck, crying voice muffled by skin. Derek, I thought... I never thought... I'm here, he assured her, though his voice quavered as much as hers. He squeezed her to him, even as she drew back to look at him, his slender, her slender hands cupping his bearded cheeks as he studied him up close, searching his face with a teary smile. God, look at you. She half laughed, half cried. You're all grown up. Derek answered with a teary smile on his own. So had Cora, undoubtedly in the view of her naked body. If the view of her naked body was anything to go by, Styles noted how uncomfortably he began to set his bow down to reach for his fallen bag, hoping to find something long enough to offer her and the other werewolf woman on the ground some dignity. But as he did so, the other woman's head jerked to focus on him. Her eyes flared brighter gold than before, and she dove for him. Styles threw himself backward to avoid her, landing hard on the ground with a wince. He squeezed his eyes open against the pain that bloomed through his body on impact just in time to see the flash of fangs intercepted by Derek's body. Derek's head threw back with a snarl of pain that was more animal than human at the, as the woman's teeth ripped into his shoulder. Cora surged forward, but even as she moved, Derek seized a fist of, the, of his assailant's hair and tore her loose regardless of her hold on him. Blood sprang as he shoved her backwards and lowered his stance in warning in Styles' defense, fangs bared. Don't kill her, Cora cried. 
Styles used the wall to lever himself to his feet, his entire body protesting. He moved toward Derek, but as he reached for him, Derek held his good arm out to halt his movements, keeping himself between Styles and the feral woman without ever tearing his eyes from her. Don't kill her, Derek. It's the moon. She can't control it. As Derek pleaded with her brother, though, she moved to restrain her friend. The other two wolves that had been cast into the darkness edged closer, fur streaked with moonlight and eyes searing, mindless. None of them can, Styles whispered, feeling as if the bottom had dropped out of his stomach because this was the danger he'd been feeling. Had sensed in the trees the glimpse that had stumped Derek out of the valley. Werewolves, apparently Derek's sister's friends, and they were going to tear them to pieces. The end. <laughs> Benite. Oh, man. So what is... What does it mean to be, like, moon-crazed? Like, they can't control themselves, right? Like, at all? The, yeah, like... They don't have an anchor okay. to, contro to control themselves with. They don't know how to, like, to keep themselves attached to their humanity. They're, like, feral right now. Oh, okay. But Cora didn't have that, right? She has, she's still, because she's, like, interacting with Derek, so she Yeah, has she still has, she still has a connection to her pack, to Derek. Okay. Even though it's not strong. So she... But the other werewolves are feral. So would, Cora wouldn't have been, I mean, she's obviously been rolling with this group for a little bit. She's not in danger from these other wolves, right? They just kind no. of like accept each other. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, and she, 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 I think she has them in the mines to try to keep them, oh, to allow them to roam, but not be danger to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes a little bit of sense, but I'm wondering if they were ran into the mines because nobody wanted to venture that far. Like none of the hunters wanted to get yeah that far in. So it's protection. Yeah, it's probably protection for them as well as other people. Mm -hmm. It's a good place for them to hide. Interesting. <clears throat> so next week will we be hearing chapter seven? Yes. We have another part of chapter six. Yeah. Next week is episode 15, mm -hmm. and it's chapter 7, Melody of Belonging, part 1. Oh, fun. Yet another cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Hyper Little Nori sure writes those really good cliffhangers. Yeah, but yeah. we're not taking a two-week break this time. Huh? <laughs> we're not taking a two-week oh, break yeah. this time. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> no. But oh, so good. What did you think of this this part this week? It there's man, I don't I don't even know. There's a lot happening. As always, there's always a lot happening. I don't even know how I feel though. Like I want them to be okay. I'm happy that they found Cora. Extremely happy that they found Cora. But, I mean, we still were at the halfway point, right? Now we're at halfway-ish, yeah. give or take. And, yeah, this uh, is halfway point. Yeah. So uh, a lot can happen. Oh, so much can happen. But... about it? I mean, when you read this, how were you feeling? Uh, I read it right before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> and I read it before... Well, I've read it several times, actually. Yeah. And I was, I was really excited that, uh, that they finally found Cora. And my thought was, um, I had just come off watching season three of Teen Wolf when they had Boyd be all like moon crazy, and I was like, oh shit, they're in real bit, they're in real trouble now. Oh, were they also hoping that they'd find Isaac? Yeah. Okay. 
they, they figured that Isaac and Cora were together. They're just hoping Isaac's with her. Yeah. Or was with her at some point. Yeah. We have confirmed that one of them is Cora. We yeah. don't know who the other three are. We just know that two of them are male and one is female. Is there a chance that Isaac could have lost his humanity or did he have a pretty strong anchor? Um, well, like in the show, I mean, obviously Hyperluminary is taking. Yeah, like, I think I'll, I think I will leave that for next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let, let's, let's end it here uh, with, the cliffhanger because there isn't much I can say. This has been Johnny. I'm Jess and thank you guys for joining us today. Join in on the conversation in our Facebook group, The Ships of Chaos, and uh, have a wonderful week and we'll see you have next week. Chaotic Thursday. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews, downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday. <laughs>